Well, my um, message today is called Permission to Shine. Now, for some of you who have been around, you know, a little while, you know, don't let this oil of Olay face, you know, fool you. It really does work, guys. <laughs> uh, there was a song released back in 1999 by a band called Bachelor Girl. I love them, you know, young adult of the 90s. And I remember when 3P bought me the CD because I had a CD player in my car. You know, and I blared it and I played that with um, Natalie and Brulia, you know, like I'm torn. But then I'd sing all the Bachelor Girl songs and um, just play them over and over in my car thinking I was super cool. Like, you know, going to be permission to shine. But let me read a few lines for you. And sometimes the journey today might go a little bit like this. But, you know, just stay with me, guys. There is a plan. So some of the lines, actually the verses start like this. Lately I've been feeling like I can't get anything right. I've been fading into the woodwork again. I'm feeling like I just want to hide. I've been holding myself back for so long, but I've got so much that I can give. You know, I'm not good at too many things, but I've been getting real good at getting down on myself. I'm singing this, blaring it in the car. But guess what? I'm going to break free from this prison I've built. Yeah. Ever felt like you were not just down in the dumps, but actually down in the darkness? Yeah. Anybody felt like that? And if you all say, no, I'm the happiest person, I'm going to be like, lies, lies, lies. <laughs> you know, have you, have you ever felt like you're in a prison that nobody else built? but you built yourself in response to things that are going, you know, it starts by we put walls up and we go, nope, that's not going to hurt me. Hard. And then something else happens. You go, nope, another wall. Hard. And in, at first, it's like, I'm protecting myself. Nothing's going to get through this, you know, and each time a wall goes up, it gets a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger and a little, little bit stronger. You know what happens to strong walls? What do they become? A prison. And what started as protection ends up being a prison. Oh, that one wasn't even in my notes. That was just pure. That was God, man. <laughs> that was good. That one was for free. <laughs> Anyone ever feel like they want to hide? Now, personally, I've never been to prison, but I would imagine if you want to go in your cell, shut that door or somebody else shuts it for you, Perfect place to hide. You all look the same. Do you feel like you're stuck in the same patterns, making the same choices and ending up in the same grumpy dump? I read a story to my kids in school. It's called Bodder Snikes and Gumbles. Best story ever. Australian written, but the Bodder Snikes literally live in the dump and they are cranky and miserable and angry. And sometimes that's what we're like, because we'd rather live in the dump and be cranky because I was hurt. I made a choice. I'm going to pull myself away from people. But then, if, if, if I, the song flips, okay? 
She says, she starts out saying this and the lyrics are like, you know, but I'm going to break free. I, I've gotten too good. It's like the realisation. I recognise that I've built up these walls. But then the chorus says, I'm going to try just a little bit different this time. Try something a little bit different. I'm going to give myself what? Permission to shine. I'm going to give myself permission to shine. I'm going to shine so bright, going to make every head want to turn. You're finally going to see me give myself permission to shine. I'm going to light up the night, shine a little light, a little of my light on the world, you know. And in this seat, you know, we are bold, man. I do it. I'm at the front like, yes, yes, whatever you, yes, God. I believe it because you've said it over me and I sing it. And then I get up on Monday morning and the dryer hasn't been put on. And there's still cups, not just in the sink, everywhere. I'm gonna give myself permission. Don't tell me to shine. Don't tell me to shine. Who left the cup, Mr. Nobody? You know, we do it. I'm just letting you all know I'm a real person. I bleed real blood. Nothing fancy here. <laughs> okay? So. Today's key verse comes from Proverbs 31, verse 10. She is, far, is worth far more than rubies. She is far, worth far more than rubies. Yes, today is Mother's Day. It's a day of honour. It's a day of celebration for some. And yet for others, it's hurt. It's painful memories. And it's tough. You know why? Because we are all flawed humans. You know, I was having a conversation with, um, with Katie this week and we're talking about, <laughs> I'm the worst mother. I just, and I'm like, no, I love Penelope. She's, you know, so we were kind of doing that, you know, who could be the worst mother, you know, because mums, we like to play that game. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm, I don't know, like, look at, look at all those kids. I'm sure they hate me. And she's like, no, I'm like, I'm sure they do. They always tell me everything that I do wrong. You know, it's tough because we're flawed. And what we came up with, I think it was Katie's mum who said, we're all just kids raising kids. <laughs> like, I've never had a 20, almost 21-year-old before. I don't know. Lucky for me, I've got kids that span from almost 21 to 10. So, you know, let's hope that by the time the littlest ones get up there that I'll be an expert, not... Well, then the older ones tell you, oh, you're too, you're too easy on them. You don't discipline them enough. It's like, I'm tired. Tired. We're all flawed, and yet there is so much. Like this day, oh, can I be real? My poor family. <laughs> I hate Mother's Day. I hate Mother's Day. It's all pink, and it's all fluff, and it's slippers, and it's bathrobes. And I actually said to my family, if you all buy me a bathrobe, I was like, don't. Because, well, yes, I would have a lot of bathrobes, but to me... That, you know, I know, I get it, I get it. I'm just being real. I'm just being real. Okay, if they did buy one for me before I said that, I would have accepted it. So, just being real. But, you know, a bathrobe is all about comfort 
and I'm just going to sit here with my cup of tea and my fluffy slippers with nobody bugging me. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, have this cup of tea in my fluffy bathrobe. No! If you like bathrobes, that's fine. You go for it. <laughs> I actually get too hot. <laughs> but... And all the gushiness that goes with you. And it's great because we are, everybody at the same time is doing, is like looking to their mum or their mother figure. But, you know, it's like, there you go, mum. There's your bathrobe. Enjoy it. Um, by the way, um, I've got to be at work at um, like one o'clock. So if we could hurry this lunch up. And then everyone just goes their separate ways. Don't wait for Mother's Day. Do it, well, every day. <laughs> We'd have a lot of bathrobes. <laughs> but do you hear what I'm saying? You know, it's great that we are all like focusing and channeling, you know, these beautiful thoughts towards our mothers. But you know what? They don't just feel like that on one day a year. <laughs> Let's focus on the honour part today. Our mothers have had a significant part, be it wonderful be it woeful, in shaping us to who we are today. And can we just stop and reflect? Like, I've given you my real thoughts. <laughs> well, just did a little bit. Can we stop and reflect on being Jesus' mum for a second? Just go there. Talk about pressure. I wonder if Mary, like I, I often, you know, I'm a visual person. I love the backstory and what's happening. Why did they make that? Why do they say that? Why do they do that? You know, I wonder if Mary had other conversations with God and said like, um, God of wonders, who I love very much and I'm very, thank you for this opportunity to um, be the only person to raise your son. But he just poked his tongue out at his brother. Can I put him in time out? Is that okay? You know, like, did God download? Did, did the angel give her a how to raise my son manual? Like, like, she knows that he is like God's son. God, I just, I don't, he's so cheeky. I don't know what to, like, can I, can I put him in his room? Is that okay? Is that okay? You know? And when he was lost for three days, okay? Who has ever lost their kid in a shop? Me. You know, you turn around, you go, oh, you know, those five minutes are crazy. And you're like, I'm trying to be really calm because I don't want other people to realise that I've just lost my kid. So it's just like, David, David, David. <laughs> Woo. I know some people who actually have like a specific like cooey call, <laughs> just so. But that's five minutes, three days, people, three days. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Jesus for a while. Anyone seen him? Joseph's like... <laughs> I thought he was with you. You're like, I thought, you, I thought he was with the cousins. I thought he was with, like, oh, great. I've just lost God's son. 
Let's never mind about the time out that she was just worried about before. Now, three days, the whole family has stopped to look for this child. Okay? Everybody knows that he is missing. So they go back and they find him. He's very calm. He's not playing. And he's just sitting in the synagogue and he goes, well, I must be about my father's business. 13-year-old kid, guys. You're 13-year-old, all right? Do I have a 13-year-old? Yes, I do have a 13-year-old in my house at the moment. Anybody else have a 13-year-old? Imagine that kid going, "Um, I've decided that I'm going to do something different with my life that I've been called to do. Okay? Now, I have, Mary was a Jewish mother. God's chosen people are the Jewish people. My husband had Jewish mother and has Jewish aunties, which means I have Jewish relatives. I also have Turkish relatives, Filipino relatives. I have relatives like pretty much across the globe. And if there's one thing that I can say, they all, we all would have reacted exactly the same. Son, I rode a donkey pregnant for you. I was pregnant with you. I rode a donkey for days and days. Don't you try and make it better for him. She's like, you know, meanwhile, all the men are like, you know, that's... That's, yeah, 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 yeah. She's on her mother rant. I gave birth to you in a stable. A stable. With animals as midwives. The cattle are lowing. Ew. Who's been in a stable? Yes. Isaac has definitely been in a stable. He knows what I'm talking about. Are the cows, the cattle are lowing. No, they smell. We have been looking for you, Jesus. I'm sure her tone kind of went like this because once she's had her, oh, thank God you're safe. Now you're going (laughs) to... Three days, Jesus. Three days we have been looking looking for you. And now you talk to me about going about your father's business. I'm going to give you your father's business right now. Wait one minute. I'm dealing with your son. (laughs) It then says, this is where, like, we miss so much. You know, our English language is like, and then, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It says, then he went down to Nazareth, Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Oh, yes, I'm sure he was. You know, Huge power. He's having a realisation. Am I mature enough yet? No. My mother just told me. Yep. And I know we all relate on some level. And it's good. It's good because we want, we encourage our kids to be independent of us and, and have their own mind. And, you know, don't ask me so many questions, but why are you doing that? What are you doing? Did you pack your shoes? Did you do this? Did you do this? And then we wonder why. It's so hard to cut that cord. 
You know, even Jesus had his, but mom, moment at the wedding in Canaan. You see, we read it as, woman, my time has not yet come. Translation, mom, not now. I just want to have fun at this party. I'm with my buddies. Do you? And she goes, just, just do what he says. It's like, oh, right, mom. But I love that even these things, Mary pondered them in her heart. All of those things that Jesus was as her boy and then as, you know. And can I just, actually, this side note. I know we're reading that about Jesus, but this is each and every one of our kids, okay? We are raising champions. We are, you know, even more so as Christian parents, you know, like the world will say, oh, they're just being teenagers. No, I'm rejecting that. This is what's happening, you know? We have got the perfect example of how to raise kids. Mary, the, pro- the difference is Mary actually had God, like God's angel come and say, um, you're going to be the mother of like the saviour of the world. Okay, good, good to know. But let's step aside out of that story for a minute. Every world leader, every history maker, Every game changer was a baby in their mother's arms, okay? So now I, I know exactly, I'm, I've got lots of children in my house now and I'm not always the most calmest and, okay, history makers, let's go, you know? <laughs> but, you know, there are times when, like, I've, I just, it's hard, It's hard. But for some reason, God chose me and 3P and myself to look after children that we didn't birth. And we take that so seriously. We are sowing life into you. We've got to do that for our own kids. Yes, yes, discipline when they need to be disciplined, but sow life in. Yep, you're going to be a history maker. I get that's why you're independent right now. Let's see how we can mould that. So recently, 3P spoke on Rahab. If you weren't here, it's available on SoundCloud, iTunes, podcast. Now, have you ever thought about Rahab being a virtuous woman? She's actually referred to in the Bible as Rahab the harlot. I'm sure there have been many other words used in many other translations. Imagine that being like what you're remembered for. Tanya, the anxious one. Paul, the limping one. Like imagine, like, you know, like, I want to be John, the one that Jesus loved the most, except he wrote it. But, you know, like imagine that. Imagine your life right now, snapshot, and that gets put into the Bible 
that everybody's going to read thousands of years later and you're going to be known as... <laughs> yeah, but I know what you see. I know what you see. Yes, yes. So, but back to Rahab, right? She was saved because of her faithfulness. Was she perfect? No. Her whole community knew that. In fact, that's why nobody questioned why men were going to her house in the middle of the night. (laughs) But in the middle of a crisis, she found her calling. Somebody needs to hear that today. In the middle of your crisis, are you going to find your calling? After escaping, the spies agreed to spare Rahab and her family after conquering the city. And she had to place, she placed a red cord um, out her window and that secured her and her family's safety. And by the end of like the, the telling of her story, she's known as a faithful woman. In just like that span of time, she's known, she's gone from Rahab the harlot to Rahab the faithful one. And... I love that in the middle of Jesus' lineage, this woman of ill repute, Rahab the harlot, a woman who gave, she was a woman who gave herself permission to shine. In the middle of Jesus' lineage, what do I mean by that? Matthew 1. This is the you know, genealogy, the ancestral line of Jesus. Abraham. Isaac, Isaac, father of Jacob, Jacob, father of Judah, Judah, father of Perez, Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, or Simon, probably, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of King David, David, the father of Solomon, Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, I'm very sorry if I mispronounced that, the father of Abijah, Abijah, the father of Asa, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat, so on, so on, let's come right down to, there's 14 altogether, uh, Akim, the father of Eliud, Eliud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Matan, Matan, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Joseph, Joseph, the husband of Mary, Mary was the father of Jesus. Do you think that you are cut off because you've got a poor bloodline? Because you've got some interesting people? in your family tree. Isn't it interesting that throughout history, royal families across cultures, Romans, Egyptians, the English, you know, the Tudors, the, you know, I'm trying to think of all the different, across history, they believed that their bloodline was given by God and so had incestuous incestuous relationships to preserve that bloodline. And then all kinds of deformities and depravities plagued those so-called pure bloodlines. But Jesus 
King of Kings, his bloodline is filled with less than royal ancestry and yet ordained and orchestrated by God himself. Oh, sorry, I thought that was one of those moments. And yet, let's just rewind. And yet, because I know you're all like, oh, yeah, that's fine, but that's Jesus' bloodline. No, 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 get context. And yet, Jesus' bloodline is filled with less than royal ancestry and ordained and orchestrated by God himself. Proverbs 31 verse 10 describes a faithful woman. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. Another version A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds, rubies. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. Virtuous? I've used the word. What does it mean? Having or showing high moral standards. Righteous, good, ethical, upright, upstanding, high-minded, right-minded, right-thinking, but why the ruby? Why does it say virtuous and more far above rubies? Like, I mean, do you know what I love about the Bible? Every word is intentional. Every word is exactly where it's meant to be. Why the ruby? There's several mentions of rubies in the Bible. It was in the high priest's breastplate in Exodus. Um, that's a whole other sermon there. There's a comparison made between the value of wisdom and rubies. The price of a virtuous woman is said to be far above rubies, as we just read before. So here's a little bit of trivia about the rubies. They are next in value to diamonds. Diamonds, rubies. They represent nobility, purity, and passion. So I want you, every time you think about the word ruby... She is far worth, worth far more than rubies, okay? This is rubies. It's a protective stone. It represents vitality due to the colour of blood, which carries oxygen to all parts of the body. When rubies are treated to extreme heat and pressure, that's when they're formed. Rubies are in a class by themselves. They are the rarest of the most precious gemstones in the world, and a large one can fetch millions of dollars. So there are five requirements for the ruby to form. The right ingredients, temperature, pressure, time and space. Rubies are formed under intense heat and pressure. And it is only revealed after... This process has occurred, the intense pressure over time, heat, and it's not until the crystal itself is cooled and has been discovered by someone actually looking for it. You see, the gemstones are formed in darkness. Remember back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. I want to hide in this prison I've built myself. Gemstones are formed in darkness. Seeds take root in darkness. Caterpillars transform into butterflies 
in cocoons in darkness. By the time they reach the light of day, there is already form and growth. So what am I saying here? Don't despise the times that you are in darkness. Don't blame the devil. You are most likely in transformation, right? Use these times. Use the times where you feel dark and you just feel like I've got no joy. What is wrong with me? Yes, start with that question, but then go into, Jesus, what are you doing? How am I being transformed right now? You see, the transformation time, transformation time is ugly and weird. Okay, we've got a caterpillar and we've got a butterfly. They don't look the same. There is no reasonable way that you go, oh, I can see how it's changing because it happens away from the public eye. I don't want my weird, dark transformation stuff to be out for the whole world to see. You don't want to see that. It's ugly. It's weird. But take those times where you feel like, I just need to draw myself away. That's okay. Jesus drew himself away. What am I being transformed into? And in that time, give yourself permission to shine. Might not be then, but it might be over here when the transformation is complete and God goes, now, yes, now's your time. Are you giving yourself permission to shine? This is hard for me to preach because I am not shiny. (laughs) You think I am? Am I shiny, honey? (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even going to ask any of those kids. Am I shiny? (laughs) Do you have the right ingredients for transformation? Do you have... Temperature, who's under pressure and heaps of, like, who feels hot? Who feels like things constricting them? Who feels intense heat, intense pressure? Time, who feels like they're being in that for, like, more than a week? God, what are you doing? It's been a week. Where's my promise? Are you giving yourself the space? So the author of Proverbs 31 describes a good woman a virtuous woman, as being worth far more than rubies. And we can actually take that. I'm going to skip down to, in Matthew Henry's commentary, he lists all these different things about, like, what a woman should be. Or this is how it's written. I'll come back to why it's written in a bit. But, you know, for all those men who are like, talking about women. Why am I coming on Mother's Day? It's all about the women. Are we not the bride of Christ? Can those things be applied to us, the church, as the bride of Christ? So here's the cool thing about Proverbs. See, I've always, I love that one because I'm like, oh, I can pick that one and it's about laughing about the days to come and I'll pick that one and I'll pick that one. But I just like the intentionality of God. 
Oh, he's so amazing. There are 22 verses in verses 10 to 31. And there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. This is just one of those, like, for free things. Just really cool. Like, I just, like, God is just... Okay? 22 verses, 22 letters. Each of these verses in Proverbs uh, 31, verse 10 to 31, each of these verses begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, beginning with the equivalent of A and ending with the equivalent of Z. So as you read it, it is chronological. It's not just some clever words put together by someone who thought, ah, this is what I think a woman should be. And so that means that there's a progression here when you read it. It's meant to be read from A to Z, from top to bottom, or traditionally, you know, the other way. There's progression here. And... That means that it's talking about a spiritual journey over time. See, the beginning verses are about, well, the very first bit where it says she is far, worth far more than rubies. It's talking about a dowry. Then you go to the first bit and it's a younger wife and her journeys, you know, she's got the energy, she's up early and she's doing all these things and she goes and buys a field and she goes and does, you know, does all these things. And then towards the end of that um, section, Proverbs 31, it's written, um, it's about her husband sits at the gate. They're not going to put a young husband at the gate. They're going to put an experienced person. He trusts her. Her children rise to call her blessed. All of those, it's about the journey over time. It's actually written, uh, this was one of those that I got to say, do you know who wrote it? 3P goes, yes, Solomon. I said, well, actually, (laughs) done my research, it's actually written from his mother to him, son, this is what you need to look for in your perfect partner for life. These are the things you need to be looking for. God, by his grace, has formed us to be that to him. Young men, young men, Everyone, young men, young men, young ladies. Oh, one of mine's in there doing kids, but listen to the podcast. Want to know how to find the right partner? You know, like, I am so glad that I do not have to do that. It's too stressful, man. I don't want to find somebody anymore. No, I mean, I've got like, yeah, okay. My poor girl, she's like, I'm praying, I'm praying. I want what Eden has. I want that person. I want that person who's going to, you know, bring out the best in me. You know, I'm like, it's coming. He's coming. You know, if you want to find young people, if you are looking for, you know, even if you're 15, 13, start praying into this now. Pray this over your life. It's Proverbs 31, 10 to 31, boys. Yeah, because we need those girls to come into the church. 
and vice versa. We've got more boys than girls right now. Pray this over your life and let God do the rest. So I'm going to do something different this time. Going back to that song at the beginning, giving myself permission to shine. I'm going to light up the night. I'm going to shine a little of my light on the world. What are we meant to be to the world? The world's dark. It's getting darker week by week. I hate looking, you know, like the news. I can't. Jesus, just do your thing, please. Bless those who need your blessing. Like, just, I'm not talking about the news that's right here and out. Just now, just this morning, when we were on the road, there was a massive crash that I've just read, that I read when I got here, between my house and here, on the road that I travel, four people, gone, life, gone. On the same roads that we travel, like, like the world is dark, <laughs> but we get to shine. But you've got to give yourself permission to. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to go, you know what, just turn all the lights off, let me sit in the dark room and let me just rock myself to sleep. I cannot face the world. Like I'm talking, I'm talking this is real. But it's easy to do that because we live in a fallen world. We live in a dark world. And so when the darkness comes, we think that it's scary. It shouldn't be because we have a light. But you've got to give yourself permission to use it. It's intentional. Strike the match. Intentional. Because the darkness will envelope you if you can't. I love... Just God's so good. God's so good. It says in Romans 12 verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That transformation is ugly. It's weird. It goes against everything that we, like the world around us, is telling us. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then, then... (laughs) You've got to do that stuff first. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. I love that there's another translation, New Living. It says, don't copy the behaviours and the customs of this world. I'm worth it. Um. That's because the doctor told me that I've got anxiety. So I get to act like this. No. Don't copy the behavior. I'm not I am not disclaiming any of that stuff. It is real. It is scary. It is confronting. And especially when you're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling like that. I should be joyful and happy all the time. Recognize it. Acknowledge it. Retreat. Let that transformation happen. 
so that you can shine. Okay? I know it's there. It's just real. But it's not good enough to go, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Because you know what? It's not fine. I think I've got a little bit of time. Real story. Young couple, married five years, everybody else is having their babies. Not this couple. Not this couple. I'm so excited you're having a baby. Yep, we all got married together. Yep, awesome. I hate Mother's Day. Right? So, what happened? We did. We did. We were able. We, we were having a baby. And then I went to the doctor. I remember coming home that week and saying to Paul, something feels weird. I don't know what's going on. He said, no, babe, it's fine. It's fine. Like, it's just hormones. You're fine. It wasn't fine. It was very much not fine. And for four weeks, I had been carrying around a dead baby. It wasn't fine. But I went to the doctor. All of that situation happened on the Friday. I'm fine, everybody. I'm strong. I'm fine. Went to a wedding on Saturday. I'm fine. And for the next seven months, people, I was fine until I wasn't. And I very well wasn't. Very much wasn't. So acknowledge it in the beginning (laughs) to save that at the end. Do not copy the pattern and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I know it's a lot to take in, so I think we might need to listen. I think I might need to listen to the podcast when I'm in, like, my (laughs) situation this week. No, no, speaking against it, it's not going to happen. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You all have light in you. Why? Because you're a child of God. You just are. Because you said the prayer, you said, Jesus, I want you to be the light in my life. But you need to give yourself permission to shine. Don't cut it off. God's already saying, it's fine. I've forgotten about all that stuff. We're good. We are good. I've forgotten. Give yourself the permission. If you can't say today, yep, I know that I'm a child of God. There are people that you can come and talk to. Come and talk to us. So, to all our women today, we have a gift so that you can be reminded to give yourself permission to shine. And for the men in your household, you light that candle up so you can say Honey, you also have permission to shine.